Come on, let's give that unto the Lord. Who did they build this pulpit for? Trying to figure out where my stool is. I am honestly honored to be with Pastor and Sister Joel Urshan, and I am just as delighted to be with the Tree of Life family. And if I may so say, I feel right at home. Amen. This is, a, this is an environment I'm used to, and I like it. And the more of it we can get, the better I'll be. Amen. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Shout yes. You may be seated. Here we sit, you and I. Members all of the human family in this house of mortar and stone, touched by the same traumas and trials that haunt all of humankind, at, at least to the natural eye, despite the fact that the same rain does indeed fall on the just and the unjust, and the same afflictions are accomplished in us as our brethren in the world, it remains there is more to us than meets the eye. There's more to this place, to this people, than meets the eye. To use a biblical phrase, we are members in particular of that marvelous mystical body called the church. Built up fitly framed this earthly entity where men and women truly disparate in personality and perspective in preference different by name and nature of diverse origins and abilities here right here our lives merge we are marvelously and miraculously made one by the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not a gang. We're not a group. We're not a gathering of like-minded people. We're a body. And there is a difference. Here, citizens of earth, far off, not just from God, but one another, are made nigh. We are treated to a miniature model of the millennial reign when Satan will be bound and Christ is king. There, there is quite literally no place like this place. No place like God's house anywhere. And I pray God help us. Help us see and savor the value and the virtue of Christ's church to truly discern the Lord's body. This, this settled place where nobody has a past, but everybody has a future. Amen. 
The world in which we're obliged to love and live for the Lord is a nefarious place. One for which not a few lines of scripture are dedicated, not just to describing, but to denigrating. Indeed, pulling the covers off a world that appears to be one thing, but in fact is another. There's ample evidence In fact, line upon line of anointed utterance to establish the depravity and ensure the destiny of this out-of-orbit world, which according to Galatians 1 is so sufficiently depraved so as to send the Christ of God to a cross that he might deliver us from this present world. 1 Corinthians 11, hear the witnesses and weigh the evidence. 1 Corinthians 11 says it's going to be condemned, this world I mean. 1 Corinthians 14 talks of the different and dangerous voices that are in it. 2 Corinthians 4 accuses the God of this world of blinding men's eyes. 2 Corinthians 7 says the sorrow of the world work at death. Ephesians 6 talks about the darkness in it. James 4 speaks of the corruption that's in it. So devoid of value is it that just friendship with the world is tantamount to enmity with God. 1 John 2 challenges us not to love it. And here's the reason why. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Hear me when I tell you that's the anomaly of affection that even heaven will not abide. 1 John 2 assures us the world's passing away. That's a good thing. 1 John 5 says that the whole world lies in wickedness. 2 John 1 says there's deceivers in it. Titus 2 tells us to deny its lust. Galatians 6 declares the world to be crucified to me and me to the world. And lest anybody imagine that you can survive a romance with this world, Paul declares Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world it was sufficient to change his direction little wonder then that it was the almighty somebody shouted say it was God who insisted on establishing a place a tent of meeting a tabernacle in the wilderness, a temple magnificent and grand. It was God who said he wanted some special spot where maker and man might meet separate, safe, sanctified, set apart from this world. That's where you are this morning. Indeed, it was God who gave man blueprints for a building on a smoking mountain in the middle of a desert and promised him to meet him there. It was God whose presence was pleased to permeate Solomon's temple so completely that men could not minister. And after assessing Zerubbabel's honest but feeble attempt to restore the glory Babylon had destroyed, again, it was God himself who in the midst of weeping elders said, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the glory of the first house. He said there's going to be less gold but more God. 
Let's go more God in that place. God is the one who decided to have this place. Clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. We know that God's everywhere and we know that wherever a man is, he can meet God. But notwithstanding, to deny, to try and deny that it was God himself who first insisted on there being a place. Amen. Where maker and man come together with the expectation of divine encounter for God. To deny that is to ignore a great deal of your Bible. Everybody say there's power in a place. To believe that a place, a special, specific place, an anointed, appointed place. To believe that's impertinent to the scheme of scripture is folly on its face. Because again and again, we find the phrase, the place that I will show thee. Supplicants and seekers were told again and again, there will I meet you, touch you, feed you, change you. There was always a there. You've built a there. place where you are, where I am, is not just pertinent, but powerful. And perhaps on occasion of paramount importance, the very exodus of Israel out of Egyptian bondage begins with the words, take off your shoes for the place whereon thou standest is holy. It wasn't just an anomaly of that first Older Testament, but if you're in the meadow with the master, you eat a lad's lunch that's been miraculously multiplied, otherwise you fend for yourself. Where you are matters. If you're that certain woman at that certain well, you meet the Messiah, drink living water, drop your water pot, tell a city, sow the seeds of revival in Samaria, because place matters. by any other gate and he'll beg and receive alms but he'll keep his lame limbs because Peter and John will not pass him and pray amen the Holy Ghost first fell on 120 they were in one accord and one place nothing random nothing arbitrary nothing indiscriminate about it somebody shouted say place matters Put Philip anywhere else in the desert. There's no Ethiopian eunuch, no witness, no water, no baptism. Nobody's converted. The evidence is everywhere, and I think it's overwhelming. Place is pertinent, and place is powerful, and you've done a good thing by building this place for God. Because there's power in a place. Psalm 46 is proof positive. There are inviolable promises in the Bible connected not just to people but to places. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. There's things that happen in the holy place that don't happen anywhere else. 
It's not happenstance. It's not chance that in the midst of that magnificent treatise of redemption that is the Hebrew letter, where the mountains of sacrifice and rivers of blood that define the days of the law and prophets are gloriously fulfilled once and for all, finally and fully in the Christ of God. It's not insignificant that right in the midst of that incredible tribute to the glorious covenant that you and I now enjoy through the shed blood of Jesus that we are admonished in no uncertain terms not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know what the Bible says? Go to church more. Amen. The fact that there's a place that we're supposed to be in that place that things happen in that place that likely don't happen anywhere else is an inarguable truth of both testaments. Maybe I think the most meaningful, most important, most encompassing and far-reaching promise ever made by God to Israel was actually made in answer to a prayer, the dedicatorial prayer prayed over Solomon's temple. Everybody say it's a place. Hear it, see it, remember it. He said, if a man's sin and his prayer come before your altar in this house, if your people be put to the worst before their enemy, when the enemy is shut up and there is no, or the heaven is shut up and there's no rain, if there be dearth in the land, whatsoever sore sickness there may be, if your people go to war, if they be carried away captives into a land far off, concerning the stranger which is not of thy people, but is come from a far country for thy great namesake. His appeal was far-reaching. It was precise. He said to God, let your eyes be open, your ears be attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. That's what your Bible says. And when he made an end of praying, the Bible said fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Somebody shout yes. And God didn't just demonstrate his power. He articulated his promise. He appeared to Solomon by night. He said, I've heard your prayer and I have chosen this place. Come on, you got to get this with me. A precedent. Listen, a precedent was set. God picked a place as well as a people. God didn't just pick a people. He picked a place. And declared unmistakably of my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. But there was more. He went on. We quit there accustomed. But he went on. He said, mine eyes shall be opened. Mine ears shall be attent under the prayer that is made. I wish somebody had a loud voice to shout, In this place. Here's what the next line says For I have chosen this place. 
that my name may be there forever. There's power in a place. Hey, I can prove that happened too. That his name stayed there forever. Amen. Years, years, years later, it's 500 nautical miles away from that temple and the prayer that was prayed there. And Nebuchadnezzar said, if you pray to any God besides me, I'm going to kill you. The Bible said that Daniel went and opened his window toward, right, Jerusalem. And he prayed. And the lions got lockjaw and put a nation on their knees. Because there's power in this place. Jonah was in the belly of a whale at the bottom of a sea. And, and if you take the time to read what he said, he said, I will look again unto thy holy temple. It made the fish sick. He threw him up on the shore. Jonah hit Nineveh, had a one-day revival and turned everything upside down. Even the animals repented. Yeah. Daniel, Jonah, knew that they were protected by the power of the prayers that were prayed and answered in that place. Amen. Amen. The Lord's my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord's the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell, though an host should encamp against me. My heart will not fear. The war rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing. One thing, one thing, one thing, not ten things, not five things, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above all my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer sacrifice in his tabernacle. And I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Somebody shout yes. Shout yes. God is my refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, and the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place, the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathens raged. And he uttered his voice. The mountains moved. And the earth melted. Amen. Then he goes on to tell us that God, Psalm 47, that God is terrible and is a great king over all the earth. 
And I'm here to tell you this morning, my precious believing friends of Tree of Life, that you ought to fall in love with this place you're sitting in on this morning and you ought to wake up every day and thank God you got a place that God has put his name and it doesn't matter how many decades go by nothing can take that name away nothing can take that name away the promises and the prayers that were prayed to that place they work 500 miles away decades apart Shout yes. yes. Prophet Ezekiel pondered the power of God's house and he said it this way. He said, there's a river running out of this place. That's what he said. Read it. He said there was a river running from the altar of the sanctuary. First ankle deep, then knee deep, finally thigh high. He said, if you stay there long enough, it becomes waters that cannot be passed over. Their waters that just swim in. Amen. There's a river here. All those people you saw out here a while ago and others, and, and when that starts happening, first thing you know, somebody's walking down the aisle that's never been there. You may tell you why. The river hit them. The river hit them. They moved a little bit in their pew and stepped in water. Amen. It runs to the high and the low, the rich and the poor. It goes to the cultured, the coarse, the intelligent, the illiterate. It goes to every race, every religion, every color, every creed, every, every culture. And Ezekiel said, everything that liveth which moveth whithersoever the river shall come shall live. There's a river of life flowing from this place. That's why sick bodies get healed. That's why discouraged souls get lifted up. This is a place where truth is told and revelations received and sins are forgiven and lives are transformed. Good things happen to us here in this place that would not happen anywhere else. Amen. Amen. Anybody remember COVID? Back in July of 20, I got rushed to the hospital in the middle of the night in an ambulance, incoherent. And you may think I still am. <laughs> You'll get over it. But I may not, but you will. But. And so... It was crazy in those hospitals. They wouldn't let my wife even walk in. If you stepped one step out of your door, they went apoplectic. And, and so I didn't want to stay there. And, and so one night, doctors wouldn't walk in my room. They talked to me through a speaker out in the hall. And so one night I, I, I dragged my IV pole to the door and looked at the nurse's station. I said, I'm leaving, ma'am. She said, you can't. I said, watch me. She said, your insurance may not pay. I said, sorry. You people are terrified. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to live in this. Amen. She said, you can't leave. I said, I'm leaving. So I called my doctor, a man in my church, and 
he said, Brother Williams, he said the, the, the doctor on, you know, he's, he's not going to want to come back. It's 11 o'clock at night. I said, I'm leaving. He said, I'll call him. He said, but he's going he, he's to wait as long as he can just to show a point. I said, I, I got nothing but time. One o'clock in the morning. Yeah, one o'clock. I walked out of the door. My wife was sitting there waiting on me, and I went home. About four or five days later, I get this, I get this phone call. And it's my doctor. And he said, did you get that follow-up MRI on your brain? I said, pardon me? He said, the reason they didn't want you to leave, they found a lesion on your brain. And they, they have to do another MRI. I said, no, nobody mentioned that to me, but I guess I need to give it a little thought here. He said, Brother Wimps, you got to have this. And I said, well, Dr. Perez, I'll tell you what. I'll call you when I'm ready. I'm not making this up. Brother Enos, I started going which I did all the time anyway, but I started going into the sanctuary every day and just laying over the altar by myself when nobody was around talking to Jesus. I said, now God, I mean, you got a problem here. And I went in there day after day after day. After six weeks, I picked up the phone and called my doctor. I said, I'm ready. He said, I'll email you the order. And I got the order and under diagnosis, it said brain tumor. That's not good. And so I walked in that place covered with prayers in this place. <laughs> I walked in there reinforced with this. Amen. And the test came back and they said, you don't have any lesion on your brain. Everything's fine. Amen. I may get one tomorrow and die of it, but I don't have it now. That's why this place matters. God said my eyes will be on it. My ears will be attent to the prayers that are prayed in this place. Clap your hands hard and shout. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. A day in thy courts is better than 10,000. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Amen. He admitted, the psalmist did, he said, I was envious at the foolish. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And he said, I decided I've washed my hands in innocency. I've cleansed myself in vain. My feet were almost gone. My steps were well nigh slipped. Un Who knows what it says? My steps were almost gone until I went into the sanctuary. Then understood I therein. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet.
Just listen to me. Pastor said just a moment ago, he said there are people in this room right now that have been in battle this week. And he, he enjoined us to do something about it. We, we, I, I meant it when I said I feel like I'm home. This, 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 that's, this is the kind of spirits in our church. And, and the, the road that runs by our church, city road, so we're not the ones that have to take care of it, but it got a chuck hole in it. Anybody know what a chuck hole is? Yeah. Got a chuck hole in it, and some of the guys in the church, you know, they go out there and try to, but it, it just kept opening up and stayed there. And so finally one day we pulled in church and looked, and the chuck hole was gone. We thought, jumping Jiminy Cricket's here. What's going on? And, and like the Wednesday after that, this dude, we found out his name was Stephen Coley. This dude was sitting in church. Wouldn't come any time except Wednesday. Didn't know anybody there. Had never met anybody in the church. And finally, somebody got up the nerve to ask him. They said, they, they, they said, how'd you, how'd, you, how'd you end up coming to our church? He said, well, he said, I lived behind it. And he said, I ran in that chuck hole so many times. I got so angry at running through that chuck hole. I went back home and I got what I needed and I came back down here and fixed it. And he said, to fix it, I had to pull up in your parking lot by your sanctuary. I ain't making this up. And he said, when I, when I went and got back in my truck, he said, it's like a voice said to me, I just put that chuck hole there so you'd pull up here by this church. I'm telling the honest God truth. <laughs> and so he started coming on Wednesday night, wouldn't come any other time, wouldn't talk to anybody, wouldn't say anything, just coming, showing up. Then he, then he called the pastor one day, Pastor Caleb, and he said, if you can prove to me in the Bible that I'm supposed to be baptized in Jesus' name, I'll let you baptize me. Caleb said, I'll see you in a few minutes. So he, so he went and met him. And he taught him a Bible study on baptism, and they went their separate ways. Caleb hadn't been back to the church but a few minutes, and the phone rang. It was Steve Coley. He said, I'm on my way down there. He said, I want to be baptized right now. Chuck hole. Chuck hole by the church parking lot. You think stuff don't go on around here? You think God don't let crazy stuff happen here? Amen. And so he got baptized and he got the Holy Ghost. And, and, and he's, I guess he's semi-retired. He works now at the church all the time. He can do anything, anything. And a contractor can do anything down there all the time. And the other day, they, they needed an extra air compressor. And, and so Caleb said to Steve, he said, where can we get one? He said, well, he said, I'm not going by myself to get it, but my ex-wife has one. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so he said, if you'll go with me, I'll go get it. And so when Caleb walked in the woman's house and with Stephen, she said, man, she said, your church sure has changed him. Caleb thanked her and told her how much he'd like for her to come. And she did. And now she's called and she wants to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
they're, they're, they're still divorced, but hey, this is church. Ain't no telling what'll happen. Ain't no telling what'll happen. This is church. God works here. God's promises are here. Amen. We looked up the other day, there was a guy, a man, grown man, sitting by Steve. And we're like, who's that? And they said, oh, that's my son. What's he doing here? He just decided he wanted to come. I'm just rising to tell somebody in this place, I can stand here all day and night and tell you stuff like that. This is a special place. This is a special place. There is power in this place. It's right that we're here. It's right that we have this place. Listen to me. I'm not stupid. I know the church is people, not buildings. But it was God's idea to build a building in the Bible. You know why? It's a nexus. It's a place where we come together. And all I want you to do, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. I wish everybody in the house would, 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 would move as quickly as you can to the front of this church, to this altar. And I wish just for a couple of minutes, we would thrust our hands heavenward and throw our voices wide open and thank God that he put this place in our life and he gave us the promises that come along with it. Come on, hurry down here. Thrust your hands in the air. Raise your voice. There's power in this place. Let's exercise it. Come on, come on. The Bible said beautiful for situation is Zion. It's the joy of the whole earth. Come on, raise your hands, throw your voice. Thank God for this place. Thank God for this place. the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters do the sea. Great God, great God, great God, great God, great God, great God. perform it you have our full attention. oh yes oh yes oh yes oh yes come on your bible said when the enemy shall come in like a flood the spirit of the lord shall raise up a standard against him come on listen to him it's a house of miracles
doing something so special right now he's doing something so special right now you came into this place you came into this place needing something looking for something God doesn't want you to leave without it I want you to lift up your hands and your voices all across this building and receive what the Lord is doing right now cast down your cares cast your cares upon him Come on, that's it. Cast all your cares upon him. There's somebody today that needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. The waters are ready. We've already got two that are about to be baptized in Jesus' name. Be number three. Be number four. Be number five. Come on, that's it. Let's give him praise right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Seek his face. Seek his face. The Lord has sent his word to you.
that's it. The Holy Ghost is in this house. The Holy Ghost is in this house. The Lord is doing a work among His people. The Holy Ghost is doing a work among His people. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Give Him thanks for what He's done. Give Him thanks for what He's doing already. Come on and give Him thanks for what He's doing. Come on, that's it. From front to back and side to side. Lift up a praise under the name of the Lord. Lift up a praise under the name of the Lord. Let's give praise to God for three that are going to be baptized in Jesus' name today. Can we do that? Come on, the waters are troubled. The Lord is in this place. Come on up. We'll baptize you in the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
Presence that I see. 